0: Finland's top health authority has left the chat. The Finnish Institute for Health and Welfare announced that it will no longer use Twitter to share public health messages because of the rampant disinformation and conspiracy theories being shared on the platform. This is Pulse Check. I'm Megan Messerly. Virginia Senator Mark Warner plans to introduce legislation early this year that would set minimum standards for healthcare organizations to protect patient data. Warner said such standards could be enforceable by tying Medicare and Medicaid payments to cybersecurity levels. Over the weekend, health authorities in Beijing said that nearly 60,000 people in China died from COVID-19 over five weeks in December and January. 90% were 65 or older. The country's health officials had previously reported far fewer deaths since China lifted its zero COVID policies last month, numbers health experts had cast doubt on in light of the long lines at crematoriums, and infection rate estimates from Peking University as high as 80 to 90 percent in some parts of the country. And Krista Marr is here to explain why the bathrooms on airplanes have delivered a new hope in the CDC's hunt to track variants hey krista thanks for being here thanks for having me always a pleasure okay so the biden administration is planning to start testing wastewater from airplane lavatories what exactly is this new program and why did it start
1: this is actually a ramping up of a program that started in 2021 um and it started in response to the delta wave coming from india CDC, in partnership with a couple of private companies, started to ask for voluntary nasal samples from travelers coming into the country so that they could, you know, analyze samples that tested positive for COVID and sequence them for different variants. So that program has kind of been ticking along. And a part of that program that happened this summer was they did a pilot and they said, well, what if we not only are asking for these voluntary samples, but we're also collecting wastewater from incoming aircraft and doing the same kind of testing and sequencing to see what variants are coming in that way. So there was a pilot that was run at JFK in August and September as part of this CDC program. And That is what they're trying now to expand.
0: That's so interesting. And so there was the JFK pilot. Have any other airports started doing this right now? Or how much testing is actually happening right now?
1: Well, the JFK pilot ran and it was successful. Like they were able to look at flights coming in on a daily basis from Europe. And what they found in the wastewater from those planes reflected the same variants that were predominantly circulating in where the flights originated from. So that was a successful pilot. And right now what the CDC is doing is it is talking to the airlines and port authorities at all the different airports where it's currently um, operating the other part of the program and saying, okay, let's get this started here and let's get permission to actually collect wastewater from the flights. So that's where it's at. It's in sort of advanced discussions about getting the program rolled out on a national basis. So are the airlines and airports on board with this? Well, the CDC, as well as the biotech firm that is doing the testing and sequencing for the CDC called Concentric by Ginkgo, which is part of Ginkgo Bioworks, they have both been discussing this with the various like entities involved in airports, airlines, port authorities, companies involved in, in ground control. And they said that the airlines have been cautious about it, you know, not negative about it, not that they have any sort of like fundamental objections to the idea of contributing to like the greater (laughs) good of public health, but that they've been cautious. And so I spoke to a woman named Megan Diamond, who works at the Rockefeller Foundation on global health issues. And she brought up a couple of points that were interesting about, you know, where airlines' interests might lie on this. And she said that, you know, there is some inherent reputational risk potentially for airlines here, because if they're kind of first out of the gate on this, they might just kind of get inadvertently like associated with the idea of COVID on planes and that consumers might, you know, have some sort of misconceptions that there's greater COVID on their planes and some on some other plane. Airlines are conservative organizations. And that's because it's sensitive what happens at at their companies. And so I think that the CDC is working on it with them.
0: That's so interesting. This just reminds me of some, you know, COVID wastewater reporting I did last year where there were concerns about, you know, okay, if we take samples at the water treatment facility, you know, that's more anonymized because there are so many households that feed into that. But if we do testing on like a neighborhood level area, you know, we're also getting really specific. And, you know, there were some privacy concerns there. So I'm wondering if you're also seeing the same sort of privacy concerns come up here with the testing of these airplane laboratories.
1: I think that they could come up. I think that, um, you know, the CDC and Ginkgo have, have both rightly pointed out that this is totally anonymized. But at the same time, I think that it does just raise the natural issue of is there sort of biological information being taken about me and I don't really know about it. On the other hand... If you're looking at kind of weighing that versus the ability of the government to be able to see what kinds of bacteria and viruses are coming into the country and act quickly to get a plan in place, if there's something concerning there, then you'd think through a kind of education campaign, or, you know, some sort of public messaging, people would be able to get on board with the utility of that.
0: That's actually a perfect segue into my next question, which is, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, COVID and, and the possibility of detecting new COVID variants, but this can be used for other viruses too, right?
1: Yeah. So interestingly, part of what we reported in the story was that the program has just started also looking at influenza variants A and B coming into the country. And that's super interesting because what can then be done with that data is actually like use it for vaccine development for the next flu season at the end of this year. So that's like really interesting and important information to see what's coming into the country, you know, what kind of flu season we might be looking at. But more than that, I mean, if you look at this from a you know national security perspective beyond just public health and you're looking at actually things that our government is always on the lookout for, you know, with biological, you know, viruses being weaponized. I mean, this would be a way, one way for the government to have some visibility into whether there are either genetically engineered viruses or bacteria coming into the country. And also whether there are any cases of viruses coming into the country that could have been the result of a accidental lab leak.
0: And one of the questions I had when I was reading your story is, can you just monitor broadly for threats or do you have to know what you're looking for?
1: My understanding is that this would be used if there was a concern. So MPOX is a great example, right? This program was very young when Mpox, which was used to be known as monkeypox, when that outbreak happened this summer. But let's say it was up and running and, you know, at multiple airports across the country. We know that there is an Mpox outbreak happening in Europe. And so that could then theoretically be something we start to screen for at our airports on flights coming into the country from Europe. And so that means you don't have to wait for the virus to show up in the community and for people to start getting sick and going to their doctors. You're seeing it at the airports as soon as people are coming into the country because the first few cases of MPOX, as we know, were brought in by flights. So that's a really good example. And, you know, I think that that's the sort of model for how the Biden administration would like to be able to operate when it comes to surveillance for various pathogens that are a threat to American health.
0: And so how does this fit into broader biosecurity threat planning?
1: You know, what's interesting right now in the moment that we're in is that everyone knows that we need to be doing next pandemic planning, or at least kind of making sure that we have things in place should another threat come along. And the Biden administration wants to use what it's built And be prepared to continue using it as this pandemic continues, but also be able to use it for other things. So, for instance, you know, the Biden administration has built up this like huge testing capacity of, you know, 15,000 community testing sites around the country. Those sites are already being used for COVID variant surveillance. So that's how we know what variants are moving around. So, you know, its argument is we should be able to continue to use that for novel threats that emerge. And the same as the public labs that have popped up around the country and the same as the wastewater surveillance program that you've reported on in the past. So I think that they see this as one of a piece of several things that emerged during COVID that they can continue to use if they have the money. (laughs) definitely definitely that's always the
0: that's always the big question is where's the where's the funding going to come from right well this was really really interesting um thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today krista thank you for having me good to chat and that's our show our music is by the mysterious breakmaster cylinder Annie Reese is our producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Megan Messerly. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting: Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.